Welcome to Subject to Change with Stephen Lentz. I interview business owners and execs and take a look at who they are, what they do, and where they come from. There's no script. We talk about our businesses, passions, and anything else we want to. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking with Peter Weissmer, founder and CEO of Pro Valet. How are you doing, Peter? Hey, I'm doing great, Stephen. Nice to see you. Thank you. No, I appreciate you coming in from uh, the land of Florida and wrestling alligators. That's, you know, it's hardcore. So <laughs> it is. We're, we have bears and cougars. I'm like, that's about it. But yeah, bears green and dinosaurs. Cougars. I'm not sure. I, I think I'd rather deal with alligators. At least you know they're in the water. The bears and cougars come out of all kinds of nooks and crannies out of the woods. <laughs> so that's fair. We do, we do have some, we do have some bears down here and we have, uh, uh, we have panthers and bobcats and uh, all kinds of other cool things, but the the exotics are the ones that get me. I'm a big nature guy. I like to be outside, and uh, it's really uncomfortable when you come across a python. They just they don't belong. They're uh, they're doing a terrible job of eradicating all kinds of food chain animals. Um, that are precluding or 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 affecting the larger uh, apex predators because they just don't have they don't have food to eat they don't have rabbits possums raccoons things like that that they would normally gobble up as a meal uh, these things are really invasive and they're spreading like wildfire so a little bit of well, a, how big are the panthers like I think of panther being the true, similar to cougar, the, but the true, yeah, the true Florida panther is somewhere between eighty and one hundred and ten pounds at the max. What we're seeing uh, in the nineties, the uh, Florida Department of Wildlife uh, and I think the EPA. There were several different organizations that were involved with trying to rebuild the panther population because they had been decimated. According to them, it was due to um, uh, construction and expansion of uh, different towns and what have you. And I, I, I wouldn't doubt that that had a, a serious impact on it. Sure. But they decided to introduce some Texas panthers to help rebuild the population. And so the panthers that we have here today versus back in the 90s, they're pushing 120 to 140. These are big, big cats. Significantly wow. bigger. Yep. And, um, you know, you see, <clears throat> so you see, so we have white-tailed deer here, but they do not look like white-tailed deer that you have in even, say, in, in Missouri or in Texas. You know, those are big deer. The sure. deer down here are significantly smaller. Even the turkey, uh, the Osceola turkey is a smaller version of, the, the Eastern Turkey, the great big fat Eastern Turkey that you'd see, the ones down here are, are significantly smaller. And it just happened, I, I think it's just a, a, a you know, the subspecies that, that, that live in Florida are just slightly smaller um, and um, tend to be pretty smart like the other ones too, but smaller. Sure, that no, makes total sense. I think the like the nature migration thing is interesting. I know like up here in Washington, they've been talking for a long time about bringing wolves back, like trying to get really? those back in. Oh, yeah. yeah. And just like the the roles that predators perform in the you know the nature biome is I think really interesting and how when you remove a piece of the chain it does make a big difference even if you know as humans on the day to day we don't see it it still has a huge impact so I know yeah, the boa thing is a big debate about those big debate about wolves in 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 Yellowstone which you're you're probably well aware of 
um, biologists will tell you that all day long, it's one of the most significant reintroductions that's ever happened in, in the lower 48 uh, in our lifetimes, in that there's a balancing that's happening. There is the unfortunate, um, you know, taking of, uh, of, of livestock every once in a while, but not, it's, I don't think it's a regular, I, I, I don't really know. I wouldn't want to speak. I, I don't, I don't know enough about it to speak about it. So I wouldn't, there, there are guys out West that are right now going through the roof. <laughs> like this guy, this guy from Florida doesn't know what he's talking about. So I won't go there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's interesting to reintroduce. Well, different, I mean, different animals. They, they introduced, I think it was Canadian wolves into Yellowstone. And you think, well, there's not much of a difference between the territories, but I think there is a difference between the two different types of wolves that were further North and the ones that had originally been in and around the Yellowstone area. So oh, um, for sure. they, may be, they may be, they may be um, experiencing the same challenges we are with the larger cats that we have down here. I, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it, right? Like all, you go back to Darwin, right? And like his travel in the Galapagos Islands, and the different birds and the turtles and tortoises and stuff. I'm like, oh, they are different that's suited to that environment. And yeah, like we're not very far away from Canada. And, you know, the wolves might not be that different, but they're different for a reason. And mm-hmm. I think that those differences, they, they play a part. You know, 100%. It's... <laughs> 100%. It's a lot like Americans. We're different. We're different in, in every uh, nook and cranny that you have across the country. That's right. But speak, I mean, we've gotten way off track and I'm happy to dive back into the animal hole later, but I, you know, I got on to actually talk about pro valet because I have no idea what that is. And I would really love to pick your brain about what it is, especially as you're the founder and CEO and kind of, you know, the top down approach that you take looking at what is pro valet. Right. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate the question. Provalet.io is the website and we help service companies automate their operations. We're basically bringing enterprise level sophistication in technology to uh, small and medium-sized service businesses. We're dynamically focused on what I refer to as regular interval service companies. Uh, Regular interval service company is uh, a type of service that happens almost like a subscription. So uh, a pool service, for example, or home cleaning or pest uh, control type of deal. Pest control, exactly. Yeah. So something that happens on the regular and those companies, those service companies operate differently. Um, they're a little bit more complex in some regards uh, in contrast to their counterpart, which is what I call the appointment-driven businesses. Appointment-driven businesses are HVAC, plumbing, electric, handyman type of services where you have to coordinate a time for somebody to come in to to perform some larger function. Um, These these service companies uh, that we deal with are primarily challenged with, um, well, they're challenged with uh, scheduling and dispatch, um, basic invoicing, um, basic customer communication. The, these are all components that end up leading to how do we serve their, how do we serve our customers better and still have a life, right? Sure. And so I think everyone, every, every one of the service companies I've talked to are uh, firm believers in, in being uh, an entrepreneur to delivering an excellent service and to maintaining a life and lifestyle that um, is consistent with 
working hard, getting paid well, um, and and continuing that business and and making their lives and other people's lives better. And one of the challenges we've seen with these folks is that the technology has really left them behind. So um, we looked at the marketplace and we said, look, there's field service software that's out there. And field service software is uh, it's technology that helps to organize, coordinate, and automate some of the uh, functions of a business mm -hmm. and also communicates with typically just the technicians. Uh, and and those are there's some excellent companies out there that do a great job of that. We looked at the smaller and medium-sized businesses where they don't really have access to that, those kinds of tools because they're so expensive. And we said, look, with technology, we can, we can build out a framework that somebody can get on easily and automate their entire business and manage it with a couple of clicks of a mouse um, and include in that the customer. So in, in our platform, there are, there are three components, the two basic ones, which you would imagine. One is a dashboard where you build services and manage your customers and your technicians and your routes. Uh, the second one is a technician mobile app. So every technician has a, has a mobile app and that's where they're a list of jobs shows up every morning automatically. Uh, but we nice. took it a step further and we included the customer. We said, look, you know, everybody's used to doing things on their phone. Um, if we uh, jump to the 21st century with this mindset, then what we're really doing is adding Uber. We have the ability to add what is really Uber to any service business. And by that, I mean, when a technician checks in, for example, at the job, the customer will actually get a notification that lets them know that, yes, the service has started. Same way when they check out, there's another notification. And then there's a cool report that shows up uh, on the phone where the customer can, um, they can see the report of what happened. They can mm -hmm. see the timestamps of when it started and when it stopped. They can rate the service one to five stars. And that rating, by the way, is internal. So, you know, our our customer is the is the service business, and we right. want to help them manage their business. And if they have somebody who's able who will give them a rating, that rating stays internal, so that they can manage their business better. Mm -hmm. a, a good example of that particular feature is where a customer might give somebody less than four stars. Right. That's something you're going to want to know right away. Mm -hmm. And our system actually alerts the, the owner of the business that you just received a review of less than four stars, and it will see who gave it, uh, probably a description about what their comments were. And that gives that business owner the opportunity to pick up the phone and make that relationship right. So he nice. doesn't lose that customer. So yeah, we're really, at the end of the day, we're, we're all about uh, customer retention and not necessarily communicating more so much as communicating better. Um, another good example on that customer uh, app side is how does a how does somebody currently request service from one of their maybe their pool service or their lawn care? Well, they have to pick up the phone and they call, and mo more than likely it's at an inconvenient time for the business, and it goes to voicemail. So they leave a voicemail and. We don't really know what happens to it necessarily. Some service companies will call their customers back and let them know that we got the message and we're going to schedule something. Most people these days are having a really hard time finding just those couple of minutes to make that call. 
And so with our platform, a customer can actually open up their app and request service right on the app. And they can type up their request and they can add a video. So if you can imagine a pool service as an example, where somebody has a pump that's making a funny noise or the pool is leaking. That's the one we hear all the time is that, you know, they get uh, pool, pool guys come in on a Monday morning and their voicemail is full of people who say my pool is leaking. Well, who knows what that means? <laughs> so, so the customer can now take a video of it and send that in. And when they send it in, that lands on the dashboard as an action item. So now there's this, um, there's a digital record of the request. And when the service company picks it up in the system and they look at it, they review it. There's a notification that goes to the customer that lets them know that your request has been, your request is being reviewed and they mm -hmm. can take that request and convert that into a scheduled job. And when they do that, there's another automatic notification that goes over to the customer that tells them your request, your your job has been scheduled for whatever date and time it happens to be. Cool. So, so quick, quick question. Yeah, sure. The, all this stuff from the consumer side, is it, you mentioned an app, is it ProValet's app or does that app get white labeled for each individual company that is doing their own business? We give every company, every company has the ability to add their branding. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitively the ProValet app, but when you, when it comes to managing, um, your customers, you have the ability inside of the, the, the program to add your uh, logo. And that will, that will go with all of your communications, including invoices, notifications, reports. It shows up on their phone, uh, in their service uh, company tile. So easily recognized. And although it's on the Pro Valet platform, they know exactly who their service company is. Gotcha. So if I was, so I open up the app, I'm like, hey, I need to find a pool guy. Is there a list of all the pool companies that use ProValley and I choose from there? Or how does that, like, how do I find that provider? Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. The answer is, uh, the answer is yes, eventually. <laughs> okay. just, we're, we're still very new in getting into the market. Mm -hmm. uh, and ultimately, ProValley will take on two, two features or two characteristics um, that will transform how service companies can operate. Uh, number one, um, a, a customer will be able to find a new service company who's on the Pro Valet platform simply by scrolling through and finding one uh, on their on their customer app. And when they click on it, uh, they'll have a re they'll request a quote. The quote will come back. If they accept the quote, they'll be tied in with that guy's business immediately. So all of the all of their all of their information will henceforth become a part of his services uh, and they'll have that history uh, going forward now on their phone and have the ability to uh, request services or what have you immediately and directly with him without any further ado. Uh, the second characteristic that we're uh, aiming for is Pro Valet to be the Shopify for every service company across the across the country. Mm -hmm. the, the Shopify model democratizes your desire to be an online retailer. And it does it beautifully and brilliantly. It's easy. Um, well, let me say it's simple. I'm not sure if it's easy. It's simple. Uh, and they make it they make it easy to make your product stand out just beautifully. Uh, I mean, it's it's a terrific platform. And so we're actually modeling Pro Valet 
after the Shopify model where anybody can come in and get their service company set up and be automated, they can get their platform set up within 90 minutes. Now it's 90 minutes. We're pushing to get that down to uh, 45 and uh, that will happen over time. Um, and once they're set up, they'll have automated, automated scheduling, mm -hmm. uh, automated dispatch, automated invoicing, which is by the way, integrated with QuickBooks Online. So all of their accounting will happen if they have, they, they don't, you don't need QuickBooks Online, but if you have it, you'd be integrated with that. Um, and then automated payments. You know, the customer app acts like Uber. Since you have your payment system in your payment method in your app, mm -hmm. <clears throat> in the Pro Valet app, any invoice that comes over, you can set, you can set your toggle to auto pay. And so you never have to worry about looking at an invoice. It just simply comes in and gets paid. And for the lion's share of the invoices for the companies that we're serving, they're processing invoices um, manually with a piece of paper and shoving it in an envelope. Uh, somebody has to write a check typically. Um, it becomes a little bit inconvenient. So we're we're getting beyond even well, we're getting beyond even the the QuickBooks level sort of uh, invoice that shows up in an email. You can just, in our case, you can just simply hit it with your thumb or turn on auto pay. Nice. So is it also a payment processor or does it just tie to like Stripe and PayPal and you have that connection? So uh, our backbone, our payment processing backbone is Stripe. Okay. And so when somebody goes to pay an invoice for their service company, mm -hmm. the interface that they'll see is it's it's us, but it's really Stripe in the background. And, and what that does is it allows the customer to pay any way they want to. They want to pay with Google Pay, Apple Pay, uh, WeCash, bank transfer, credit card, you know, doesn't really matter. Uh, they'll they'll process it all. So very convenient. Nice. So it's kind of like a bolt-on for ops and admin, essentially. A hundred percent. Yeah. Does does it also fulfill a CRM role or is that a separate deal that these companies didn't have as well. So uh, the CRM part of it uh, is uh, intrinsic in the actual dashboard itself because we're managing all of the customer information, not only the uh, location uh, and uh, I'll call it subscription level or service level um, uh, components, but we're also managing communications in there. So there's actually a communications module that we built in that allows a company to uh, send out communications by email, text, and or notification. So you can send it up by all three methods um, or one method or two methods. And you, you have the ability to uh, customize a message to your people and hit send and it goes out automatically. Uh, this would be in lieu of picking up the phone and calling people and saying, hey, Billy's sick today. He's not going to be able to make it. You can simply select that entire route and one time create one message and blast it out to those people. Um, so, and all of those components are now a record of that person's history. Nice. So from a, from a CRM perspective, it isn't that we're going to remind people to make a phone call to somebody, but we are going to, we are, we do have a calendar that will give them all of the forward-looking jobs that they have scheduled, um, all of the other services that they might have scheduled. And by the way, that's a very cool feature that we've just introduced about two months ago was our calendar feature. 
So a company can look at their calendar and they can see all the jobs for each one of their technicians in the field. And let's say that Billy calls in sick on, you know, Tuesday, and I just can't, not going to be able to make it into work. Well, we have to do something with all of his jobs on Tuesday. So Tuesday morning at seven o'clock in the morning, the route manager or the owner has got to do something with him. He can click and drag and move those jobs to other people. And when those guys open up their app, those other technicians to whom those jobs were assigned, those jobs will be listed in there and they'll just know that they have to go. Now, a lot of people, one of the things that people ask about is, well, that sounds really cool, but what about how do they know where to go? Well, on the technician app itself, we have a route optimize button. So they can actually push a button and it will optimize the route for all the jobs that they have listed for the day, you know, one through 12, and they'll know exactly which jobs to go to, starting with the one that's closest to them. That's very cool. Does yeah. it incorporate like a, like a live vehicle dash, essentially like vehicle tracking for the office staff to be like, hey, we know this vehicle is routing this way, or is it yeah. just like MapQuest type direction of like, hey, this is, you know, <laughs> where you need to go in your address? So on the uh, on the dashboard at the office, you can see where all of your technicians are on the map. You can see them wherever they happen to be in your in your service area. The technician has an app which uh, they they can just click on the address and it'll give them directions um, through uh, Google Maps. That's super cool. Yeah, awesome. try to and try to make it as easy as possible for people to 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 get uh, a good job done well and. Um, and our goal is to put more time back into people's lives. We think if we do that, they end up with a much richer uh, life experience. I was just going to say that is a lot of labor hours that Pro Valley takes care of. We do. Um, you know, when we talk to people who are now operating out of a, a, a book, a route book, and you ask them how much time does it take to organize what happens every morning, you know, it could be upwards of um, an hour. And so if that becomes automated, that's a whole hour each day. That's 20 hours a month that you get to put back in your life somewhere. Um, and then we look at invoicing. How much does it, how much time does it take to invoice? In our case, you're presetting the invoices. So once you've set it up, it's done. It just keeps running. You don't have to go into QuickBooks and, you know, Check things or what have you, and then and then send an email out. This is this becomes automated. That's super cool. Yeah, I mean it's significant. Twenty hours is no joke, and I think it's much more than that with all the other automation that you've been talking about. Yeah, and I know you said it in the very beginning. I'm sorry that I don't remember, but how how old is Pro Valet? So we started building it uh, about three years ago. Um, we had several different versions that were not ready for prime time. But over the course of the last year, we've gotten to a point where we are ready for prime time. And we've just recently been into what I'll call the live market beyond beta and into actually uh, helping a good number of companies automate their automate their their businesses. That's awesome. And is it strictly just U.S. or do you have can you service UK clients or international we we've uh we can service uh canadian clients mm -hmm. um we uh have been asked to serve several other uh, uh spain costa rica uh have been other requests our challenge at this point is actually getting the ad getting their physical address 
uh, construction mm. adapted into, it's actually Stripe, it's not even us, just to make sure that it can work in Stripe and that it then correlates with, with, our, um, uh, with our API. So it's not a big stretch to make it happen, but we're going to focus on the U.S. for right now. We've got a lot of businesses to serve right here. So, yeah, that's awesome. And how did you? I mean, is your background within like the tech industry and that kind of stuff and development, or did where did you come from? Uh, no, it's not actually. I <clears throat> I've approached several businesses from uh, what people affectionately refer to as the paper napkin approach, which is. Mm -hmm. Hey, here's a cool idea. What would it, what would it look like if we did this, right? So, uh, my back, my original background where I cut my teeth in business as a whole was in equipment leasing. And what I liked about equipment leasing was there wasn't any one, there wasn't necessarily any one piece of equipment that um, was the same year after year. So we we leased computer systems, uh, forklifts, machine tools, process equipment to basically the Fortune 1000. And the variability from year to year was always very intriguing. So it it um, it fed my infinite curiosity for things like and like guy stuff, right? Like big trucks and automated forklift systems that would run a whole warehouse on their own. These things were cool. They would actually like when they were running low on batteries, send themselves back into a charging station and send out another another little another little robot to go out and move materials so it was a really it was a really interesting interesting business um but the thing that i took away from that was although it was a very good business we, one of the challenges was the systems to run it were were rather diverse and there were three or four of them that we needed in order to run a pretty significant portfolio it was about 600 million when we sold it and it was um so not a big you know, multi-billion dollar portfolio, but all the all the same for a small independent company, it was a it was a it was a handful. And so in the next iteration of my career, I had been asked by some investment bankers to start a uh, Harley Davidson leasing company. And um <laughs> I knew I knew leasing, but I didn't really know anything about Harley's. Um sure. I knew the brand, uh, I knew it was well respected. And it was a great adventure. I mean, I, I did a lot of research at the outset to find out if this is an asset that could even be leased. And as it turns out, it was an exceptional uh, asset to lease. Um, and the people that I met along the way were just incredible. I mean, just, I mean, the, the dedication to the brand was, I've never seen anything like it. And it was a pleasure to try to help people who could otherwise not get on a Harley Davidson actually get on a Harley with a, a bona fide vehicle lease program. So that we built a two, three, and four-year lease program. And we had to build a system for dealers. So a dealer could go into our system and they could build a lease that would be uh, consistent with the expectations of their customer, um, who, by the way, may have not had the best of credit. Uh, we started this business in 2011, so after the recession. And there were a lot of people whose uh, whose credit had been banged up and good guys and good gals. Um, and so we got into the business of leasing and we we dipped down into the credit spectrum. And um, it was amazing to see the reaction that people had when they were told, yes, you can take that Harley home right now. That's awesome. I mean, 
I had dealers tell me that they had they had grown men cry. I mean, and that's so that that's a testament to the brand and uh, yeah. one of the prouder moments where you knew that you were making some dreams come true for people. Um, and that so that whole the, the whole process of making that happen was also also needed to tie in with the requirements of a dealership who said, here's the deal. If you're going to come in with a system, you have to be able to execute on it and make it happen within 30 minutes. Like, oh, okay, we'll just automate everything. Well, nobody had ever automated a vehicle lease before anywhere in the country. I mean, Reynolds and Reynolds, all these big companies, they just didn't, they didn't have it. And when we started out, we literally had to buy a Reynolds and Reynolds, a package of Reynolds and Reynolds lease forms. So when you do these leases, they have to be state compliant and they also have to be federally compliant. And Reynolds and Reynolds is the, they're the, they're the people that they've gone through all of the legalities. So their forms meet all of those uh, expectations, but they didn't have anything in a digital format. Literally like in 2011, 2012, they had nothing in terms of a digital, a digital form you could, you could, um, you could buy to use. So I think we actually got them going down that road because we were the ones kind of poking the bear at, you know, we have these, so we took a form and we literally cut it with scissors and <laughs> PDF'd it and created it as a fillable PDF so that we could do what we said we were going to do, which was deliver an automated lease for these guys. So a dealer would go through into our system, which by the way, was built with TGM in mind. TGM is third grade mentality. It's not a knock on any dealer. It's just that the system <laughs> had to be super simple that even yeah. a third grader could figure it out. Yeah, make it firefighter proof. Put some pictures <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So people would go in, they would plug in their information about any, and by the way, we were focused on pre-owned Harleys at the time. Any pre-owned Harley that they had on their floor um, they could plug into this system and they could render a credit decision and the bike and they could build their transaction right on our system. Super simple. And when everybody said yes, they pushed another button. And in the initial system that generated uh, a PDF that was emailed to the, to the, to the dealer automatically for signature, like a hard, we still, we still sure. needed hard signatures for, for funding purposes, kind of crazy. Uh, but that's, that's how that system got going. And it took off like wildfire. It was awesome. It was just great. But That's the iteration great. after that at Fuel Capital, we took it to a whole nother level where it was all DocuSigned. Mm -hmm. So literally a guy could go into a dealership on a Saturday, pick out a bike and go, yeah, that looks good. And they would get all of his information. And by Tuesday, they would have had all of his information. He would have gotten the full approval and call him up and say, you're all fully approved. Let's go and push a button and the guy could be sitting in his pickup truck in the oil field in Oklahoma and he could sign his lease and go pick up the bike later that night. So awesome. uh, yeah, it was very cool. Worked out well. So you just kept building the tech stack a little bit better every time you moved on and ended up with Pro Valet. Yeah, so Pro Valet, the, the genesis of Pro Valet was very personal. I was uh, walking around my pool one night and um, we, had, we, had, we had to redo our pool and I was walking around it one night and one of the lights that had been replaced was out. Mm -hmm. And I checked it and sure enough, it, what, the switch was on, but it was, it was not working. And so I had, to find, um, I had to find the phone number to call and 
went through the decision tree on who to leave a message for at the at the pool uh, service guy's place and left the message. And I never, never received a phone call back. And I didn't really think that too much about it. I was busy and came back, I don't know, 30 days later, and I noticed that the pool light was on. I thought, well, that's, that's cool. I, I wonder if it fixed itself. In other words, did it have a short or something or did they come and fix it? And sure enough, they had come and fixed it. And I found that out the next day when I went to the mailbox and had a bill. <laughs> so there might be a better way of doing this. And, and then it would also be nice to know, hey, did they actually come and clean the pool? Not that I really doubt it, but it'd just be nice to know. Like, yeah. did they make it there? I'm at the office. Kathleen's not home. Kids aren't home. So, you know, just be nice to know that it actually happened. And so... Um, so I started triangulating this idea with several guys that I knew, including my pool service company. I said, well, we could, we could really use something like that, especially on the um, accountability side, right? So the one thing that a lot of companies talk about is their capacity to do a job and nobody believes them. Yeah. So uh, instead of fielding those phone calls there, now, now what we're doing is delivering reports that have a timestamp, they have a, a geo timestamp that just says, we were here. This is when we showed up. And when we checked out, here's the time. So that's all covered. And our system uh, actually requires that the technician be at the job in order to check into the job. He's Since you can see him on the map to find out who's closest to Mrs. Johnson, who's uh, got to get her pool clean before bridge, um, in order to find the closest guy <laughs> with their, their GPS track, right? So being GPS tracked means that all of the stops that they have are also geofenced. So they can't actually do the job sitting down at the sandwich shop. They've got to actually be at the, um, that's yeah, like house. Uber. You have to be with the person to make that's right. come and go. Yeah, that's exactly. Cool. exactly. And, and Peter, I want to be respectful of your time. I know we're getting close, close to the hour here. Sure. Um, so for people who are looking for you, where's the best place to go to find out more about pro valet? So uh, provalet.io is the website. And if anybody wants to send me an email, uh, I'd love to hear from you. And it's uh, peter at provalet.io. And you can also look me up on LinkedIn. Uh, just type in Peter Wasmer at LinkedIn and you'll find me. That's awesome. And awesome. really, I'm always confused with the .com, .io, .org. Why .io? What is, what's the significance with that? So .io is a is an extension that's been adopted by a number of technology firms. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a, I think it's a shout out to the ones and zeros, which are the basis for any code. So <laughs> yeah. we thought this is a good, this would be a great extension for our platform because we are bringing, you know, an enterprise level solution, technology solution mm -hmm. to the masses. And they should know for sure that it's a technology platform. So IO made a lot of sense for us. Love it. That's awesome. And last question for you. Is there anything that you wished I'd asked you or that you wanted to go back and revisit before we close out today? Um, Not that you have to have something, but I, I will, I will say this, the one thing, so uh, I've had a, a number of good conversations with, um, with, with folks over the last several weeks and they ask questions about, you know, what, what keeps you going What's a driver for you? Um, and I like the I like the question because it allows me to sync up with the people that we're serving. And most of the people that we serve exist with a great deal of faith 
that they're working and they're doing the right thing. And so, uh, so I like to, I like to tell people that what drives me is a good heavy dose of uh, faith and trust. And that that's a, that's a way to move through life. Love it. That's awesome. Well, Peter, thank you so much for being on subject change and everyone else. Thank you for listening. Hey, thanks, Stephen. Thank you for listening to Subject Change. Please like, subscribe, leave a review of our podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's a business you would like to see featured on our podcast or a niche or something you want to learn about, drop us a message or an email and let us know. Be happy to, to interview someone and answer those questions. Thanks again for listening.